Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to another episode of All About Voice Acting. I'm your host, Lisa Earhart. Today's topic is what you need to succeed in the business with special guest Randy Kay. Before introducing Randy, I'd like to invite all listeners to click on the follow button above the player for the show so you can receive notifications for upcoming episodes and also please visit talkboxradio.com for more information about our podcast and to sign up for updates. If you have a show idea or would like to be featured as a guest, make sure to fill out the contact form on TalkBoxRadio.com and I will personally be getting back to you. All listeners of this episode are encouraged to view the voiceover scripts that are available on TalkBoxRadio.com forward slash scripts. Later in the show, Randy will be offering mini coaching sessions to our callers. The number to call in is 347-989-1357. If you'd like to get into the queue to speak live with Randy, press the number one on your phone. Before bringing her on, I'd like to tell you about our very special guest, Randy Kay. Randy Kay is a world-renowned female voice talent for business and beyond. She has over 20 years of experience as a voice talent, stage, TV, and film actress, and radio personality with a long list of major clients including Priceline, Tantor Media, The State of Connecticut, Kyocera, Big Lots, and Dove. Randy has been heard on major radio stations. She's been a news director and NPR classical music host, but now focuses on voiceover work full-time. She's also a voiceover coach with Edge Studio in New York, Connecticut, and the virtual world. Randy Kay brings years of acting and improv experience to commercials as spokesperson or character and provides a warm, rich, smooth, intelligent, and expressive voice. More information about Randy and her services can be found by visiting randykay.com. That's R-A-N-D-Y-E-K-A-Y-E.com. For Randy's coaching services, please visit edgestudio.com. You'll find her there. I'd also like to mention a fantastic coaching video on YouTube featuring Randy Kay entitled Voice Over Secrets Face and Body Language. I've posted the link in the description as well for this fantastic video. And I also like the video entitled Voice Actor and Voice Over Coach Randy Kay on Transforming a Bedroom into a Recording Studio. Check out Randy Kay on YouTube. And now... Without further ado, I warmly welcome to our show, Randy Kay. Randy, welcome. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Randy. Thank you so much for being here. I just wanted it's my to pleasure. Say, yeah, I just want to say you have a very, very beautiful voice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, obviously that's something that you were born with, and. I I just I you know I don't find everyday people who do voiceovers to have a very appealing beautiful sound but you certainly do and not only that but you have honed your craft. So I 
I appreciate I appreciate you coming on here, and I know that your pearls of wisdom will be very helpful for our listeners. Well, I hope so. I, I thank you for those compliments. You know, the the cliche among those of us who coach voiceover is that it takes more than a voice. And thank you so much for liking my voice. You know, but it's interesting. We all we all sound different depending on what we're talking about. So if you heard me screaming at my children, you wouldn't think I had such a pretty voice. So. <laughs> it turns yeah. very shrill. So. Yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah. And um, I also, as I mentioned, the YouTube videos, before we um, get going with my question about your background and voice, I just want to say once again, your YouTube videos are so fantastic. And I want to tell my listeners that, you know, it's just like being at home with Randy. She takes you into her video, her booth on tracks, which, by the way, when you first talked about that, I thought, well, what is that? Is that like a moving booth? Of some... <laughs> but it's just the greatest it is the greatest thing ever. Um, and then the, like the video, yeah, the video voiceover secrets, face and body. I just love that. I love the way you give these durations of the different types of reads and flawlessly, I might add, and I wanted to ask you, how long did it take you to be able to read script without making any mistakes? Oh, thank you. Well, first of all, um, you know, I am, I just have a few videos. I dabble in everything. That's kind of been my life. Like I'm, I'm just a dabbler. You know, I'm a master of <laughs> master of fun, jack of all trades, and I'm just fascinated by life and fascinated by everything. And so, when YouTube became a thing, and I started coaching for Edge Studio, I my students would sometimes ask me to demonstrate some of the things. Although I like people to learn from the inside out, sometimes it's good to demonstrate. And I don't know, you can see I'm not dressed up for these videos. They're not very fancy. I'm just like, hmm, I think I'd like to share this. So I sort of stuck my my smartphone on a tripod and just and just recorded it. So I've got a few on on YouTube. I don't do them for any purpose other than to give back to the community and, and share some interesting information. I, you know, I don't have a huge coaching pro- program myself that I want to sell. I'm not all that interested in coaching except that I do it with Edge Studio, again, as a way to give back. And sometimes when you teach something, you actually become better at it yourself. So thank you. I'm glad you liked the videos. I did them strictly for the fun of it. So if you want to take a look, great. Um, <laughs> and how long did it take me to hone my craft? It, it's still it's still happening. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because when I got into voiceovers, there really were no voiceover training schools like there are now. I mean, the industry, as you mm-hmm. well know, has changed so much in the past 20 years. And I was listening to your last podcast with Nancy Wilson, and, you know, she had a background, and then she kind of got into voiceover, I believe, through production and everything, and it just sort of happened for me, I was honing my skills as a singer and an actress. I was uh, and, and a right. songwriter. I, I was singing folk songs, writing songs, working my way through college, playing guitar in coffee houses, and doing musical theater, which has always been a huge love of mine, from playing all the parts in Music Man in my living room to my parents' albums to just, just loving musical comedy. And um, I wanted to make a living in the business, and I was doing it. You know, I I was an equity member. I was doing national tours. I was doing dinner theater. I was doing under fives on soap operas and piecing together a living as many actors do. 
And uh, when I became pregnant with my son, I just wanted to keep acting, but it was there are parts are limited. Let me let me put it that way. Parts are limited when you're pregnant. So <laughs> I was in a support group of actors in Connecticut, and they said, "Well, while you're pregnant and while the baby's young, why don't you just do voiceovers?" And I'm yeah. like, "Oh, you mean like radio commercials? Like what do you mean?" And that you know, it, at the time, commercials obviously were huge. Commercials, television promos, all of those things existed. Documentaries on television, and then there was a growing industry of something that's huge now of things we call narration, of you know, training tapes for salespeople and and in-house corporate slideshows and things like that. And uh, I decided to just take some coaching just to sort of hone my theater skills and make them a little more about the microphone and the intimacy instead mm-hmm. of playing to the second balcony. You don't play to the second balcony in voiceover. You play to someone who's like two feet in front of you. So, uh, you know, I got a little coaching. I wrote my own copy. I had just moved to Connecticut from Los Angeles and and I I got coached, uh, you know, a few times. As I said, I was already an actor, so I, I knew some of the skills. And I was a singer, so I knew some microphone skills. And I worked at it until I felt like I could create a demo that would promise something that I could definitely deliver if I was hired. And I did what people still do. I wrote my own copy. I got some coaching. I got some mentoring. I hired a studio to create a demo for me. I put money in. And I got money back because that studio hired me to do narrations a month later. And another studio who had duplicated the demo for me hired me as a narrator as well. So I went, well, this is easy. Just put money in, get money back. And and my career was launched. And, I, you know, because voiceover has changed so much in the past 20 years, I keep learning. But everything I've ever learned helps me as a voice talent from my years with an improv group to my years as a musical theater person to uh, film and television acting, which takes a subtlety and everything I've ever learned, it, it all comes in. And in my years of coaching with Ed Studio, that has helped me as well. I also spent 18 years as a full-time radio talent. And although a lot of people say, oh, radio people can't do voiceover. Well, I was an actor who happened to do radio. And my years in radio helped me as well. I learned production and so on. So it's an ongoing process and I keep getting better. I still take classes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're very well-rounded, and you also are an author. And by the way, I just wanted to interject. I had the pleasure of seeing a few of your videos, uh, your musical theater videos. So those are oh, also God. available. <laughs> those are also available when you go to randyk.com. There are links to Randy's media files, and you can enjoy her singing there. Well, so you did your research. Well, you know. <laughs> So, and as far as writing, I mean, you've got some really interesting articles as well you've written. When did you start writing? And you, you also, uh, there is a link I've provided to the book that you've written. Uh, would you just tell our listeners about how, how, when you started writing, when did you start writing the blogs and all that sort of thing? Wow, it it you know, it's a funny thing. We just cleaned out our attic because we were we were insulating our house and I came across a column I had written in high school, uh kind of mock humorous astrology column that was very tongue in cheek and I had totally forgotten I had done that. I don't 
want to write as a profession because it's just too darn lonely for me. But I have a skill. I, mm-hmm. I can do it. Um, I'm not one of these people who always dreamed about writing the great American novel because I it just wasn't a dream. But I have always written as kind of a sideline. And you'll find a lot of voiceover people are extremely well-rounded in things like that. Some of us are writers. Some of us, there are many of us are prolific bloggers. And, you know, I've always written here and there. I find the time goes very quickly when I write. I spent some years as a songwriter as well. But I found it's a little too isolating to live my mm-hmm. whole life as a writer. So, but I, I wrote news as a news director and so on. So writing is a skill I have. I wouldn't call it my calling. But I do enjoy it once in a while. And kind of like those YouTube videos, I write when I feel like it. So when you have a blog... I I just have it there to give back. You'll notice if you go on my blog, it's called Life on the Voiceover List. And, uh, you know, I kind of write when I feel like I have something to say that no one else has said. And three months could go by between blog posts on that. As far as the book is concerned, that was something completely unrelated to voiceover, at least at first. It had to do with a family situation and our experience with my son's mental illness and his journey and our journey from chaos to recovery and, uh, you know, all that we went through. And in my volunteer life, where I volunteer to help people, I was sharing the story and trying to educate people. And they kept saying, you should write a book, you should write a book. And so when I got divorced from my radio station, I, for the first time in my life, had some free time. And in between voiceover gigs, I just started writing chapters. And it took a while, but once once I kind of passed that halfway point of, oh, gosh, I've written 10 chapters. I guess I have to finish it. It was just like, you know, finishing the last mile on the marathon. So I wrote the book, and um, it's very interesting, it, and it brought my careers together later when the book, I found, my, I got a literary agent, we got a publisher, it sounds a lot quicker than it actually was, but it was published, I did not self-publish, and when it came out, I got approached to narrate the audiobook, so there brought my voiceover world back in, and uh, the audiobook was actually nominated for a Listen Up Award by Publishers Weekly in the Read by Author category, so that was kind of cool, and so I do write, it's a sideline, I enjoy it when I have something to say, but I think it would be a nightmare if I had to like produce something every day. I don't know that I could do that. So what you do is you write with freedom. You write when you want to write so that you're able to be spontaneous. I'd say so. You know, it, it it's always different. If, if somebody gives you a deadline, yeah, you, you'll get it done. And sometimes that deadline actually encourages you to become creative. For a while, I was a paid blogger for HealthyPlace.com, and I wrote columns about the family experience with mental illness. And because I had a deadline, I produced some really good columns. But I really feel that limitations are, they encourage creativity. You know, this kind of like wide open spaces don't need no fences on me. I think that's kind of not true. I think that the more, if we have freedom within limits, we use our freedom better. So that, that's the whole thing about improv. If somebody says, get up and be funny, you can't do it. But if they go, well, okay, here's your task. You're going to play tennis. And here's your obstacle. You've got a broken leg. Here's your other obstacle. You don't understand English. Well, you've got three limitations and then you can be funny. So when it comes to writing, You know, I say I write when I feel like it, but that's the writing I do for no money. But if I had a deadline to do, I would need it. And I've I've created some really good stuff because of the deadline. So I do consider writing a skill and something I enjoy. As I said, the time goes quickly. 
But it, it, if I had my choice, I would not be writing every day from nine to five. Uh, your blogging gives you the freedom to write wh- what you want, when you want, but of course you don't make money doing it. So it's kind of like the community theater of life, you know. So um, yeah, I'm a fan of yeah, deadlines I, sometimes. Be, uh, w- thank you for sharing that. Before we launch into our topic uh, for what you need to succeed in the voiceover business, I just wanted to plug an article that I found of yours online at voiceoverextra.com. This is Randy's article for lifelong clients, apply lifelong learning and VO and everything. I found that very interesting to read. Uh, She has information about basic English skills, phonetics, foreign languages, computer skills, linguistics, diction, voice, health, acting, improvisation, people skills, communication, business skills, anything and everything, bonus how this works, the first job, et cetera, et cetera. So very informative, great article. So why don't we launch into our topic, what you need to succeed in the voiceover business. Randy, you're on. Wow, that's a very big and wide topic. Well, I will tell you that I, you know, I started coaching four or five years ago, and honestly, a lot of us who've been in the business over 20 years, some of us kind of just fell backward into it. We were already film and TV actors, and our agent said, oh, why don't you get a voiceover reel together? And we sort of just started doing it and started getting better at it. But now it's a very different business. And it is, it is a business that is not just open to people who are already actors in New York and Los Angeles and Chicago and the major areas. And no longer are we limited to the studios that we're willing to get on a train or in a car to and drive to. It's a very different business. And in the last, I would say, 10 years, Mm-hmm. It has become a business that, that people do from home. It was never really an at-home business before, any more than any other act. Every every actor knows acting is a business. That's why they call it show business. And even if you're a New York mm-hmm. City actor, you're going to spend time at home sending out your headshots and contacting agents and doing showcases and so on. So you have to know the business of show business, whatever you're doing, whether you're a musician, a voice actor, a stage actor, a film actor, whatever. You have to know the business of show business. And the voiceover business is no exception. What mm-hmm. makes it unique is that you can do it now totally from your own home Mm -hmm. and you can get a client anywhere in the world so Mm -hmm. suddenly where what i needed to succeed 20 years ago was performance skills acting skills being able to work with a director being able to read fluidly and fluently and believe me you know in spite of those videos i do make mistakes i just know how to correct (laughs) them or how to do a take two if that's necessary (laughs) right so I would say these days, and when Edge Studio asked me to start coaching for them, which happened pretty much when I left radio, I said, well, I I don't know how to do what I do. I just do it. And David Goldberg said, no, you're a teacher. You know how to teach. Like, just sit in on a couple of coaching sessions, and you'll see what I mean. And I did, and I found myself just, you know, not just sitting in on the coaching sessions to coach new talent. I was I I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I was like, no, wait, try it this way, try it this way. So I was like, oh, maybe I do want to be a coach because it's fun to see somebody improve. However, 
What I have discovered, and this is really honed by my years with EDGE and being involved in their program, you cannot just have a nice voice. That mm-hmm. is like saying, you know, we use this all the time at EDGE, that's like saying, you own a pencil, why don't you write a book? It's not, right. or oh, look at that Steinway, why don't you go on tour? Or you're pretty, why don't you be a model? Any model yeah. can tell you it's more than good looks. And any voice mm-hmm. talent will tell you it's way more than having a good voice. You really have to run your train on four tracks. Mm-hmm. One track is getting your performance level to a professional place. By the time you make a demo, you should at least be able to collaborate with a client to give them the emotional tone that they need, Mm -hmm. to do it faster or slower if they need that, to understand direction if they say to you it's too sing-songy or can you pause here instead of pausing there. You should know how to give a client what they need and that takes practice. And doing a lot of work, and it takes coaching, and it takes working through the different genres. So in terms of performance, you shouldn't put yourself out there as a talent just because you read pretty. If you can't communicate the words on the page and connect somehow to that listener, because there is always a listener, otherwise what's the Mm -hmm. point? If you can't make an emotional connection and communicate those words, then you're not ready to be a voice talent. Just reading pretty doesn't cut it. Anyone mm-hmm. who has any kids who read, who's tired and reads their kid a book and says, once upon a time there was a princess, and the princess, blah, 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 the kid's going to go, Mom, read to me, really read to me. You know, and I have students who come in and they read. They have nice voices and they read. But the big leap is to go from reading to communicating. So that's the first track. You have to get your performance to the place where you are communicating with your invisible listener and you can collaborate with your client or the director or the engineer or whoever you're working with, whether it's by email or in real time, and give them what they want. So that's the performance track. The Mm -hmm. second thing you need to succeed is understanding business. Just understanding business, period. With the exception of, let's say, um, uh, George Clooney, who probably is a great businessman anyway, but let's just take some random, uh, random film star whose agent already represents him and says, I got you a voiceover. And then you just go and your agent negotiates it and you do it and the, the pay runs through your agent. Okay, maybe you don't need business sense there. But most of the people trying to get into voiceover now – are going to be at least starting their business from home. And you have to understand business. You have to understand a business plan and a marketing plan and budgeting and how much you're going to spend on training and what's your timetable for success and how are you going to invoice your clients and um, are you going to pay taxes? How are you going to do that? So you have to understand business in general and show business, union or not union. So the the second track the train has to run on is the business track. The third track is marketing. You have to understand marketing. From the very beginning of your process, you're going to be exploring. You have to immerse yourself in this business. Read about it. Read all the blog posts out there. There are many excellent books where you can read about it and how the business goes. And you have to figure out where you fit into the market. 
I mean, if you were going to open up a clothing store in your hometown, you would first have to look at the other clothing stores and see what their specialties are and what they sell. And how are you going to fit in? What makes you unique? What makes you different? If you're, uh, you know, um, a hip, cool, millennial, creative dresser, then you're not going to open up a Chico's. I don't want to say anything bad against Chico's, but you know what I mean. You mm-hmm. want to, you want to open a store that reflects your personality and your skills. Well, it's no different with voiceover. When you go in, what do you want to do? Do you want to do commercials, or where do you want to begin? Do you want to just do documentaries, or do you mm-hmm. want to have a smattering of everything? So you have to figure out where you fit. There are many, many genres within the industry. Are you bilingual or unilingual? Read American. Um, you know, are, what kind of voice do you have? What kinds of things do you enjoy? Do you have a um, fidget factor? If you can't sit for long periods of time, you don't want to go into audiobooks. If you're not an avid reader, you don't want to go into audiobooks. So in the marketing, you have to figure out what genres really help you to shine. Where do you, what do you have to offer the business that's unique? And then figure out how you're going to get clients to come to your door. So you have to understand marketing and having a marketing plan. So that's the third track. And the fourth track that increasingly is absolutely essential is understanding how to record and edit yourself. Now, this wasn't necessary when I started 20 years ago. You marketed yourself to recording studios. You hoped they hired you. You came in. You had to understand their job so that you paused in the right places and didn't make their job difficult. But when, you know, when I go to a recording studio and I'm done, I go home and they do the editing. But when I do a job from my home studio... I'm going to be doing the editing and send them a nice, clean file that sounds good. So you really have to work on those four areas, home studio, marketing, understanding the business from a business plan to how to behave in a recording studio, business and business etiquette, and the performance. So all of those things have to happen so that you can, when you get a demo done, you know what to do with it. What if someone is starting out and they have um, not a big budget, but they want to get started, what type of home studio setup would you recommend for them? That is not my field of expertise, but I will give you my opinion. Okay. First of all, you know, it's like, are you going to be a dollar store or are you going to be Macy's? You know, you have to... Understand there are a lot of needs and the way the business has evolved. There are jobs out there, everything from five bucks to 5,000 bucks and more. Yeah. So, and there are certain fields that require high resolution and pristine sound. And there are other things. There isn't an incredible resolution of audio on YouTube, for example. So some things that are meant to be played on the web may not need the same quality of sound as a documentary that's going to play in a movie theater. So I would say that, I'll give you this disclaimer first, to eventually be competitive, you must understand you're going to have to invest money. So eventually you're going to need a decent-sounding studio. Now, with that said, I'm very good friends with the gurus of technical, which are like George Whittem, Dan Leonard, Dan Friedman, 
and um, Roy Antland, Uncle Roy of Antland Productions, they are all incredible engineering and voice talents. And they can say this better than I can, but it is, you need, first of all, a quiet space. That's going to be number one, because there's all kinds of equipment for reducing noise in your file, but it's never as good as eliminating the noise in the first place. So you have to have a quiet space to record. There are people I know of who began sitting on their bed cross-legged with a comforter over their head and a decent microphone and a computer. I mean, you know, they succeeded. They're not there anymore because that's uncomfortable. And many of us have recorded things in hotel rooms. We're famous for posting our pictures of forts that we build with luggage racks and ironing boards and pillows. And, and of course, equipment has gotten a lot better. So, I can't say that I haven't gotten stuff on the air with just an iPad, an Apogee iMic, and a few pillows. So it is possible to start small. But when you want to be competitive, eventually you're going to have to improve your studio. So with that said, there's the disclaimer. You need a decent, quiet computer. It needs to have enough room so that you can put a digital audio workstation on there. It's called We call it a DAW, D-A-W. And depending on whether you're a PC or a Mac person, uh, that can be anything from free to expensive. It can be everything from Audacity for Windows, which is free, uh, Twisted Wave for Mac, which is inexpensive, all the way up to something like Pro Tools or Adobe Audition, which are more money and have more bells and whistles. But to start out, what you need is something that will clearly record your voice and you're able to edit on it. And then you can export the file in whatever format your client needs. So I'd say a quiet space, a decent quiet computer, and you can get started with lower quality jobs with a USB microphone. There are many good ones on the market. And you can start that way. You can certainly do auditions that way. But eventually you're going to get a job where they go, well, it's two finished hours. Can you handle that? And if you can't handle it, then you're in trouble. So eventually you're going to want to get a better microphone with an interface that converts the signal so it it just has a little bit better sound. I would invest, I would read up about it a great deal. There's some good books. Dan Friedman wrote a book called ah, Sound Advice, Sound 4VO. I think it's Sound Number 4VO. Just uh, mm-hmm. if you Google Dan Friedman, he wrote a great book about that. George Whittem is the technical guru on Edge Studio. And if you go to his YouTube channel, you're going to see so much free advice. Edge Studio also has a two-hour webinar called Home Studio 101 that will definitely go mm-hmm. over the basics for you. But, you know, but that's what I'd say you need. You need, you need a quiet space pair of headphones, a decent microphone, and you're going to have to figure out what works with your voice and a quiet computer and a digital audio workstation. Good. And as far as getting work online, what is your opinion of the voice pool sites where there are 5 million (laughs) people, maybe not that many, but, you know, they're all auditioning, fighting, lowballing for the same jobs? My opinion, okay, again, first of all, let's do the positives. It's a very okay. different world from what it was t- 10 years ago. In this decade, things have changed so much. So 
it didn't used to exist that we could audition without showing up in person, except for that rare opportunity where they say, well, I'll do the audition over the phone. But now it's very different, and there are many, there are places online where you can be heard. I always tell my students when we talk about marketing, you have to be found and you also have to find your own clients. So there are many, many people who began their careers recently by getting a good demo that was an accurate depiction of what they can do, and they bought a membership on some of the you know, Voice123, Voices.com. Yeah. These are the ones where you pay money to have audition opportunities sent to you. If anyone's listening that doesn't know how this works, on both of these sites you can post a profile for free, but your chances of getting a private audition are, are small. Generally, they function on your membership dollars. And there are many people who are a huge fan of these, and I have been on them in the past, and I've gained a few clients that way. But a, a lot of my friends who are where I am in the business, many of us have gotten disillusioned with mm-hmm. some of the business practices of one of them. And we're kind of going away from that and just building relationships with our own clients. It can be a great way to start and it can be a great way to succeed if you know how to work it. There, I'm not a fan of the fact that bidding is allowed and it's it's like kind of closed envelope sealed envelope bidding if you will so you never know if you lost a job because somebody else underbid you and i'm not a big fan of underbidding this is what i charge you know i'm I'm not saying that I, i that i'm totally inflexible but i know what i'm worth and i know what i charge and what's happened with a lot of those online sites is there is some undercutting and underbidding going on and for me that doesn't work but I don't want to put them down for many people. That's where they do begin their career and they gain some clients. And once you've gained a client, unlike an agent, if you get a client through an agent, you must always go through your agent. That's just ethical. But if, if you get a client off one of those sites, they've already made their money off of you by membership. So you can continue that relationship with the client kind of offline, if you will. So those are what we call the pay-to-play sites because you are paying a membership to be included on their roster. Some of them vet their talent and some of them don't. So on the huge sites with lots of talents on there, many of them are terrible. So friends of mine that have tried to get voiceover <laughs> talents have to wade through 100 auditions, 80 of which are unlistenable. think that is a, dis- a disadvantage for, for the client. Um, so there are good and bad about it for both the producer and for the voice talent, but they're here to stay. Online casting yeah, is, is here to stay. This is very interesting. What makes them, because now you're giving us the inside track, what makes the majority of the auditions unlistenable. If you don't believe what they're saying, if they mispronounce the name of the company, if they read like this and they just, or they're reading like this and I have a wonderful voice, or they think they want to sound perky and everything's going to be way up and down. It's, there are a lot of voiceover cliche mistakes that you hear and but generally, they just aren't communicating. It's that thing I said before. It's your job as a voiceover talent to be an actor. 
to really believe the situation that you're talking about and really have a reason to say it out loud. And while they're not, when I say unlistenable, I don't mean Mm. to be cruel. They're not terrible. They're not speaking gibberish, but they might be choppy or overly articulated or way too slow or it's one of the, I love the sound of my own voice. I don't really care what the words are, but listen to me. You can't be in love with the sound of your own voice. You have to be in love with the listener's need to hear the message. And Mm. so that's what I feel makes them, you know, unlistenable. And I I see this through the eyes of clients as well. I'm a member of the executive board of something called World Voices Organization or WOVO. And we are an industry association of voice talents, whether you work from home or you work in Los Angeles, whoever wants to join can join. And one of the things we exist to do is talk about best business practices and just like what to expect from a coach and what to expect from an online casting site and what seems like their business practices to us and what doesn't. We have a mentorship program. It's a really wonderful organization, and we're trying to build respect for the industry and you know, uh, take a stand against undercutting and people selling their voice for $5 and stuff like that. So we, Can you just, uh, before you, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but would you just give out that website address? Uh, for uh, yeah, world yes, it's world-voices.org. Okay, great. I'm pretty sure that's it. So, yes, anybody so. can go on there. And we have professional memberships that you uh, you have to prove that you're making some money doing this and there are requirements right there. But we also have associate memberships. And if you're an associate, you're serious about the business. You haven't made a lot of money yet, but you can join as an associate and you can get mentored and you can learn about the business and be part of our community, just like the Authors Guild is for authors or the National Speakers Mm -hmm. Association for speakers. It's an industry association. We're not trying to sell anything. We just want to exist and make the business a better, more cohesive business. And we do have a conference once every year. But, um, you know, check it out. The associate memberships, yeah, and we, you know, we have, it's not a casting site, but we do have for our professional members, they get to be on a, a membership listing, and our members are listing on a, on a website called voiceover.biz, and if you are a client searching for voiceover talent, you can go to voiceover.biz, and you know that every single person on there is a credible, professional talent who knows how to run their business and knows how to deliver your copy. So that's uh, part of what we do. So, you know, online casting is not going anywhere, and it's not just pay-to-play sites. There are rosters. Like There are companies that do nothing but telephone messages, and people who are getting started in the business, if you can get on a roster where some – potential client can just go to that roster and go, I want female number five, and then they just send you a job. So there are so many ways that you can get work right now. You can be on rosters. You can have numerous agents if you're not signed with one in particular. There are the pay-to-play sites, and they range. But I think you're better off with one that only takes quality talent. And then there are real live agents and real live auditions, and then there's the good old find your own clients. So that's kind of that's kind of my feeling about the online sites. They're not going anywhere, but I think they need to be fair and fair to the talent. And I'm not a big fan of encouraging talent to underbid each other. 
I think it right. cheapens the industry. So, what do if you there's think? There's somebody that I agree. I think it can be very debilitating if you're, you know, you talk about the loneliness of being a writer. If you're just doing auditions and you have no contact with the client, and the the most contact you have is maybe a message back and forth or you're reading their script if you're just auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and you're not getting any feedback and you're not getting any work you can start this is another question i want to ask you about how do you deal with rejection is that not a, a a problem for anyone who's doing voiceovers acting any of these types of performance related uh, fields where you have to perform because when you're doing an audition, for example, it's a performance. If you're going into a studio, someone else's studio, it's a very high pressure kind of a place because it's not your territory. It's their ter- ter- territory and it's hurry up and just do it. How do you mm-hmm. deal with, okay, I'm going to add to that mix also, not just rejection, fear of rejection, uh, nervousness, those are three different things. But how do you, let's talk about rejection. How do you deal with rejection, Randy? Okay. It's interesting because you talked about this on your last podcast also. <laughs> um, so I'll tell you what, I, I, did, I, I did my research too. Um, yeah, I can see. So here's how I like to look at it. And I have mm-hmm. to say that, you know, you know, I started out as a theater actor and one of the most eye-opening experiences I ever had was going to a regional casting weekend. And I was auditioning as an actor, but I also was with a production company and I was sitting behind the table, if you know what I mean, auditioning other people for our company. So I had the experience auditioning and I also had the I had the experience being the auditionee and I had the experience being right. the auditioner. There and I go. will tell you, yeah. it's, it's an eye opener. If any, anybody ever has to cast talent, you will see it differently. First of all, it's not rejection, yeah. it's selection. And that's very different. If you choose to go to TGI Fridays for dinner, you didn't reject Outback Steakhouse. You just didn't select it that night. <laughs> and I don't like the word rejection. I never use the word rejection. Okay, let's, Even what's, when another, I, what's another, yeah, what's another, I'm sorry, what's another word? Well, you're not, you're not rejection. chosen. You know, okay, you're not, not chosen. I'm going to put you're, that you're down. You're not selected. Not, okay. Has everybody heard that one? Instead of rejection, we're going to change that to not chosen, not selected. Not, you are not selected. So it, you when are you're not, sitting on, you are not selected. If 50 people are auditioning, 49 will be not selected. It does. The, the main thing I would say is, all right, again, disclaimer first, if you suck, you have to fix that. <laughs> and the only way to know if you suck is to get feedback, which is why you get coaching, why you go to audition classes, which is why you keep learning. I once did an introduction to voiceover class for Edge Studio. It's a great class they give, by the way. It's like four hours of information and evaluation. I no longer teach it, but they have wonderful teachers teaching it. And 
I, a, a guy came in, he was one of the students, and he said, well, I'm already in the business. You know, I just figured I'd get your take because I've been on one of the pay-to-play sites for a year, and I did a 1,000 auditions this year. I counted them, and I got none. And I thought, wow, well, there's a guy with perseverance. I mean, he's sticking to it. But when he read yeah. for me, I knew yeah. why he didn't get one, because he didn't know how to communicate. So there he was wasting a 1,000 auditions, let's call that 500 hours, you know, figuring a half an hour for audition. He spent 500 hours auditioning for things that he didn't get because he just wasn't good yet. He just read. He didn't communicate. So you want to, I, I, I read some great advice in a book about how to be a, a stand-up comedy person by a woman named Judy Carter. She's like, writes the Bible of comedy. So and I think it's called the Comedy Bible, actually. And she says, if you want to be a stand-up comic, you have to do three things. Get noticed and get paid. And you have to do it in that order. Don't get noticed before you're good. And you won't get paid before you're noticed. And I use that in voiceover as well. Before you go out there on audition and see what happens on one of the pay-to-play sites, get good at this. And that's where coaching and classes come in. All right, so let's put that aside and assume you're awesome. All right? So if... If you are auditioning for something, they have a particular voice in mind or a particular tone in mind or a particular delivery in mind. And bringing it back to theater, if we needed a blonde and a terrific brunette auditioned, we went, wow, she's terrific. Too bad we can't use her. Now, is that rejection? It's just she wasn't selected, and it may have nothing whatsoever to do with her talent. So I'd say as long as you don't suck, then don't take it personally. Just move on. Any person in sales will tell you every no brings you closer to the next yes. As long oh, I as like you know that. It. I like I that. I didn't make and it up. Way, we, but, we, yeah. we have a caller. Shall we take the caller, Randy? Sure. Uh, okay. Um, caller from 631. I'm about to pick up on your call. Let's see. Are you there, caller? Uh, yes. Uh, good evening. How are you? Good evening. Welcome to the show with Randy Kay and me, Lisa Earhart. Can I get your first name, please? Uh, yes, my name is Chris. Um, Chris? Uh, the reason why I'm calling okay. is yeah, yeah. The reason no, why I'm calling is uh, I've I've worked in in radio uh, in the past, and I tried getting voice work. I was on one, two, three, and. Uh, Nothing ever happened. Uh, but uh, I have worked in radio in the past and done uh, a, quite a lot of voice work, but I haven't done anything lately. So I was wondering, um, uh, first of all, are you an agent? Would you be able to handle uh, someone like myself? Me? Randy? Am I an, am I an agent? Yeah, or, or your guest. Okay. Well, either one of you. I am okay. not an agent. one of you. <laughs> oh, okay. and I and I am not an agent, so you're not. Oh, okay, okay. Because so I was thinking well, why about why. Why don't we ask the question then to you, Randy? Um, how do you get an agent? And Chris, I'm keeping you on the line here, okay? So you're still on the air. Okay. How do you get an? How sure. do you? How do you go about getting an agent? 
Okay, you know, I, 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 I'm feeling like there's a frayed end here. So before I answer that question, I just wanted to know what Chris's second question was because he said it had two parts. <laughs> so let me just, let me just hear the second okay. part and then I'll answer them one oh. at a time. Okay, sure. No, well, no, I, I, I didn't really have a second part. No, I just wanted to know if one of you was an agent, uh, but that's fine because I was thinking about getting an agent, and uh, and continuing on with what I've been doing. Uh, I must say now, uh, I was in the business for four and a half solid years working for a radio company and did two of their radio stations, both in voice work commercial and tags and also doing actual radio shows for both stations. So I was quite active. Yeah, and now I and did have this? a mat. When was this? Uh, this was this was yeah, this was between 2005 and 2009, for about four and a half years. And uh, when I left the the, the business, uh, you know, I walked away from it, uh, and uh, there was just nothing. There was nothing else out there. So I tried doing voice one, two, three, and of course, uh, nothing happened with that. And uh, I, so s- since that time. Uh, you know, I've been doing other work and that, but I would love to get back into doing some voice work. Now, my problem is I did have about, about two years in, before leaving uh, the job, I had a massive heart attack. And uh, I kept on working, though, and uh, and so I kept up with what I was doing. But when I finally left, two years after that, uh, when I left, of course, uh, I did hadn't done anything for quite a while so I'd really have to get back into uh, my voice again but I have been doing little bits for some people like personal friends and that that have websites and things like that okay and uh, I've yeah so I feel I could okay, get back see, into I, it but I, I right I, I see where you're at and um, and I will I think there's a lot of concerns here, and I thank you for calling, Chris, because you do represent actually a very common person. I don't mean you're common, but, you know, you you kind of represent the person who's like, well, I'm just going to do voiceovers. It's like my Aunt Ruth used to say to me when I wanted to be a stage actress, well, why don't you just do commercials? I'm like, well, if I could, I would, but, you know, it's not that easy. Like, why don't you just – so let me tell you a few things that are going on here with you. Number one, the world world is full – the voiceover world is full of ex-radio people who have good voices, know how to use them, you know, they know how to rip and read, they know how to read well, they know how to read to time, and they did all their local radio commercials. And we all know that radio is using fewer and fewer people because of voice tracking and everything else, and they, ju- they want to make money as a voice talent. So you're in good company, and I'm not one of these people who believes that radio is the kiss of death where voiceover is concerned. However, it takes a lot more than, 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 than a radio background and having done radio commercials to offer yourself as a voiceover talent now. If I were an agent, I would want to know, where's your demo? Where's your website? What have you done lately? How am I going to make money off oh, of you? Those are the questions. Right, and I have all, I, yes, I have all that. As a matter of fact, if you jump on my Facebook page, uh, which is John Christopher Sutton, uh, www.facebook.com slash John Christopher dot Sutton dot five, 
you will see my voice work there on display. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine who is into computers and stuff asked me to do a couple of voicing for his computer service. So I gave him some of my demos, and he liked how much he put it on his website. And then I told him, could you put it on? And he said, sure, because I'm not that computer savvy, you know. So he did all okay, that. So I'm going so to stop you there. right now. You, you have some obstacles. Mm-hmm. First of all, here's what you have to do. That's not a website. You can't send an agent to a Facebook page. It's not professional. Two, if you're not that computer savvy, you have to get computer savvy. This is the way the voiceover world is now. You have to know how to record yourself on your own computer, edit it. It's a different world than it was in 2009, believe it or not. And Mm -hmm. there are two myths in voiceover. One used to be, I'll get an agent and I'll sit back and wait for the phone to ring. That was never true, and it's still not true. The second myth now is I'll just go on voice one, two, three, and I'll sit back and wait to get jobs. And you've learned that that's also not true. So I would suggest you Mm -hmm. get yourself to a reputable voiceover coach and find out why you're not booking jobs. There may be something in your reads. Maybe it's too radio. Maybe you're just reading. Maybe you're not communicating. And you also need to learn about, I don't know if you heard the beginning of the the forecast, you're not presenting to me as a professional right now. You're telling me to go to a Facebook page. If I were an agent, I'm not going to do that. That shows me you're not a pro. It shows me you used to do voiceover work. What I'm saying is it, it is a business, and you must present yourself as a pro. It is not mm-hmm. a mom and pop. If you can go, you can probably go on Fiverr and get a job for five bucks if you want to, but that's, to me, not a yeah. living wage. So you have to really study the industry the way it is now, not the way it was, not the way it was in 2009. Those five years in radio mean nothing to a voiceover agent. And I will tell you right now, an agent's not taking on anybody unless they have an absolutely killer commercial demo with an unusual voice. They might take a chance on you. But other than that, they don't take on people who aren't already making money. Because right. agents are struggling too. So don't mm-hmm. think that, you know, the way you approach this, which was, I used to do voiceovers. I'm not in radio anymore. I had a heart attack. And would you take me on, agent? What in that would make me want to represent you? Do you see what I mean? Right. Well, sure, yeah. But I, I wasn't yeah. really trying to sell me to you. I was just explaining myself to you. Okay. Uh, but, so if uh, I were an agent, yeah. what would you say? If I were an agent, how would you convince I'd me to say, represent I'd, I'd just say I might not be professional in the fact that I don't have my own web page and I'm not set up that way and I'd have to set up my computer to do it. But you go on my Facebook page and listen to what I can do and you will want me. And I know that for a fact. If you go on that Facebook page and listen to my work, you would want me if you were an agent. Well, terrific. And that's a good sales pitch. But I will tell you what I would say if I were an agent. I would say call me back when you're a pro, when you have a website. Uh That's what what an agent would say. They exist to make money. And I I think it's great. And I I love the confidence with which you approached that. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it's a different business than it was. It really is. And they don't take, they don't take you seriously unless you, you have a website. That demo is on the website. It's recent stuff. You know, it's stuff you've done. Uh, you know, it, that's, that's my opinion. And I think it's great. So, you, you know, you have a website. You've gotten started. It could be just a hop, skip, and a jump to just, 
to just present yourself. Otherwise, it's like opening a store and you've got a hand-lettered sign in the front of it instead of a nice neon sign. You know what I'm saying? It's right, about those, right. those first you. impressions. You have to have a business so, savvy. Randy, mm-hmm. um, what, where can a voiceover talent go to have a website built if they don't, do it, if they don't want to do it themselves? Can you recommend some places online? That would be a, a good place for voiceover talent to start in building their own site or getting a site built for them. I love the people who did my website, but I don't believe – they were both actors who did websites on the side, and I think they're very busy acting, so I don't think they're currently doing anything. They were artistupgrade.com, and they were great. Um, there are other places that do voiceover websites. I don't, you know, I don't have a particular person to mention off the top of my head because I haven't redone my website in a while. There was one, Imaginary Jane, that did great websites. Uh, but a lot of people I know just go on Wix.com and build their own. You can do it that way. There are a lot. I learned. I, I had my voiceover website done professionally, but um, another way to do it is just to Google professional voiceover talents and do some research. Find a website that you like. And if you're just starting out, by the way, it doesn't have to be like if you go on my website, I've got five pages. And you know, if you have, let's say, you you get to the point. You've gotten coaching. You know what genres you're going to go after. You have a sense of where you fit into the business. And you have created a demo based on your true skills and your true marketability. And generally, a coach and a professional demo company is going to help you do that. So let's say you've done that. You've gone to a reputable company, not a boot camp where you leave with a demo and you don't have an idea what to do with it. You have to get trained. Remember those four tracks in business, marketing, recording skills, and performance. And it all comes together in the demo. And the demo says, this is what I do. These are the fields I'm going after. And I know the business because the demo's no more than a minute, and I know how to put it together. And you can't tell by listening to it if I got paid to do these or not. It should be that good. It should never be a script somebody else recorded. You may have to write your own copy, as I did with my first demo. So let's say you've got a great demo, and you've had enough training. You know you can deliver what it promises. Then all you really need is a one-page website. It needs your demo. It needs your contact information. Maybe you want to put a subpage with a bio or a contact form if you want. But if you just think of it, if you're at a party, my daughter's in real estate. So the first thing they had her do was pass her, you know, study and get her license because you don't want a real estate agent who doesn't have a license. Okay, so she did that, but then she's like a million people with a license. So she joined a brokerage firm, but that's still not enough. That's like having an agent and they don't know what to do with you. She had to make, uh, they encouraged her to write an email to all of the people she knew, relatives, neighbors, just saying how excited she was to be a real estate agent. Let me know if I can do anything for you. She started with her personal network. And if she was at a party and said, I'm in real estate, and someone said, where's your card? Oh, I don't have them yet. I'm going to make them up. How professional does she sound? Not at all. So she had to get business cards made before she could say to people, I'm a real estate agent. That card these days has to lead somebody to a page on their smartphone or a computer where they can hear you right away. And they generally don't want to go through the work of a Facebook page. They want to go to a website. So you need that card or that 
phone call or whatever has to lead them to your website that has your voice on it. It should sound awesome. It should sound professional. And there should be enough information on that website page so they know how to contact you, what your voice sounds like, what you feel your specialties are, and, you know, get them to contact you. So some people design their own on Wix or Squarespace or or, um, other places than that. But other than that, if you do your research and you find some nice voiceover websites, see if you can see a little blurb on the bottom designed by so-and-so. Or just shoot a quick email to that voice talent and say, quick question, I love your website, I love your voice, thank you so much. Can you please tell me who designed your website? And, and that way also you're, you're, net, you're networking with another voice talent at the same time, which is also mm-hmm. a good idea. Don't you think so? You know, ex- expand your network, get in touch with other people who are, who are doing something, who you're impressed by. Check out other people's websites. What makes them work? You know, and I find that, well, what's very good about your site, Randy, is it's, it's very basically simple in your face you don't have to you don't you know you use the word work you don't have to work to figure your website out there isn't a lot of stuff all over the place it's and also now a lot of people are uh, picking up websites by their smartphones tablets so Mm -hmm. when you have a website you want to have it optimized for that uh that type of media as well so it's going well. That's just another. So you want to make sure that it, that people can find it and it loads quickly. I wanted to ask you a question, Randy. How long? Okay, is Chris still on the line or is he gone? Yeah, he's yeah. here. No, he's still I'm here. here. He's, okay, I just want yeah, to make sure you don't feel ignored. Okay, go ahead. No, okay, no. how long? No, actually, long I'm, I'm I'm going to. Yeah, sorry. I'm going to let you go, <laughs> uh, but uh, I want to thank you both, ladies, for uh, talking with me. And uh, have a great night. Thank, Thank you. you for calling. You may want to contact Ed Studio, then they might give you an, a, you know, and book an evaluation and see what's going wrong and why you're not booking work. Are, are you sure you don't okay. want to take this I'm, incredible opportunity to read for Randy for just a minute, Chris? <laughs> read what? If you want to read? You've what? got the you've got the opt- You can go right to the script page on TalkBoxRadio.com forward slash script. Plural. How do you say scripts? Plural. Uh, <laughs> Randy, how do you say that uh, word? <laughs> wait, what? What word? <laughs> it's so hard. Scripts. Yeah, scripts. scripts. It, okay, <laughs> I get scripts for today's podcast here. Is that what I, I click on there? You are there that, at the very top. It's it's a bunch of. It's I would take this oppor- this amazing opportunity to just read something off of there for Randy. If Randy would be so kind as to give you some suggestions. Sure. Well, let's give okay. him a second I, to look. Uh, look. Well, well, take a I'll look tell you what. Can I picture. can I call you back on that? Can I? Okay. Can I, I gotta let you go right now. But can I call you sure. back on it? Call, sure. Call okay. Back I'll in. call you back in it. Yep. I'll call back in We've later. Got, we got less than an hour to go here, Chris. Maybe shorter. So that's okay. That's okay. I'll okay. be. I'll calling back in a few minutes. All right. That would be. Out, that'd be okay, great, thanks. Chris. Hope to hear back from you. Thank you for calling in. Yep. All right. Thank bye you. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> okay. So okay. what was? I just didn't know if he was still there. So what? What is your the question you were about to ask? Okay. Me? So about the demo. All right. Actually, I have two questions. I have many questions, Randy. I, I can hear that. How long, 
how long should the demo? And then the other question is, should a voice talent never, ever, ever produce their own demo? Because there are varying opinions about this. Okay, let's take the first one. Um, okay. The first, generally, people's attention spans are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. And <laughs> you, I would say with the exception of an audiobook demo, which they need to hear longer cuts to see if you can hold their interest, and the audiobook world is kind of a, a, a different world, it's the same, but it's a still little special corner. So audiobook demos are different. But other than that, most demos, if it's more than a minute, it's too long. And chances are they're only going to listen to the first 15 or 20 seconds anyway. Okay. So within that first 15 or 20 seconds, you better shift gears. And the first read should be the thing you're best at your money read, the thing you most often are hired to do, or if you're just starting out, the thing your coach says, that's your money voice. That, And it should be the one that sounds the most like your personality. See, that's another mm-hmm. thing. And, and, you know, I don't, we'll, we'll hear Chris read and he'll probably be nervous. So I, I don't want to judge him on on the basis of this, but I will coach him a little bit. And a lot of times radio people are just used to taking a script and just getting it said without mistakes in the 60 seconds they're allotted and sounding happy. Mm-hmm. And they think that's enough for the voiceover world. Well, it's not. You really have to be yeah. able to communicate. And and there are exceptions. There aren't really exceptions. I mean, you have to communicate. But generally what's what's new now, because they have their pick of every voice talent in the world, it's not enough to just read the words with a pretty voice and not make mistakes. That was pretty important in the world of reel-to-reel when they physically had to cut and paste together tape to, to make the commercial be 60 seconds. But nowadays, they can be pickier and they can go, oh, I like her voice, but we really need someone who sounds two years younger. And they can find mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So your first read on your demo should be the thing that is the most like your personality or the thing that you're hired to do most. Everyone says, oh, conversational, conversational. Well, there's many kinds of conversational. There's conversational in a job interview. There's conversational when you're talking to your friends with a bottle of wine. There's conversational when you're in bed with your husband, you know, pillow talk. I mean, there's different kinds of conversations. So it has to be natural according to the situation that you're in. And it should sound as real as possible, as real as the copy will allow you to sound. The key word really is believable. And if I don't believe you as the person in that situation, it's not going to grab me. So that first read should be the thing that's really kind of like you. And then the second read should generally, unless you're like somebody who's just known for one kind of delivery and that's all you do, then Mm -hmm. that's an exception. But other than that, they want to hear some variety so they know that they can direct you. So maybe the second Mm. commercial or the second narration on your narration demo will be either a different genre or different speed, a different tone. Maybe it sounds authoritative instead of friendly. Maybe it sounds uh, like there's a warning if you're talking about 
home alarms. And, you know, you have to show that you are connected to the copy and then connected to the listener. So it should hold their interest and switch gears mm-hmm. often enough that they want to keep listening. You know you've made an incredibly interesting demo if they get all the way to the end of the one minute. But chances are they're, <laughs> unless there's an, you know, an agent might listen to the whole thing because they want to see what your range is. But a client knows in the first five seconds, some of them tell me whether or not they like that voice. So it should be no more than a minute. The second question is, should you produce your own demo? Well, are you a newbie or are you someone who has been in the business 10 years and you have an arsenal of all the work you've done and you're just updating your demo with another piece that you've voiced? Are you talking about new talent? Let's start with new talent. Let's say somebody, I'm going to use that word budget again. Let's say they don't, They. I mean, how much does it cost to do a demo? That's another it can question. Be you, so it's not just the demo. It's the training right. to get you good enough to make your demo. The biggest mistake new talent make, I think, is making their demo before they're good. Okay, that's a good one. And you don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to be perfect. You will grow. Yeah. I mean, my first demo was good. It wasn't great. It was good, and it got me work. And as I got more work, I updated my demo. And every time I do something interesting or new now, it's easy with a computer. I can update my demo. But then it was a big expense. You had to go to and you know bring get copies of things you did and bring it over. So um, a new talent, the first thing you have to do is figure out your marketing and what should go on that demo. Let's talk about budget. It is a myth that it doesn't cost money to open a business. Mm-hmm. It does cost money. You have, to, you have to get good at it, and that takes another ear. It takes a coach. It takes a director. Again, if it's that I've had, I've had talents at Edge who were already film actors, and they just needed to figure out the marketing. Like they knew how to act. They knew how to you know, read copy. We didn't have to coach right. them in that, but, but they did need help figuring out what their voice says in terms of image and if they want to do telephone systems what type of corporation do they want to work for they needed help with the marketing so it might take two or three coaching sessions and they're ready to make the demo other people it took 20 because they needed to build their skills so the money you spend will depend on how good you want to be you have to get at least to the point where someone's going to pay you to do what you do so, and that objective know, is the objective ear, the objective ear, because you might think, oh, this is just the greatest thing I've ever done. And then mm-hmm. the person who's listening may really tell you something else or, or they'll they'll hear something different because they have a trained ear, mm-hmm. whereas you might be missing that at the moment. Let's say you have a regional sound in your voice, which is very hard to get rid of. I mean, I'm from New York and I'm still sounding like I talk talking like this you know it's really hard (laughs) (laughs) you know so but a but a voiceover coach can point it out absolutely and And i hear the new york in you and i hear the new york in chris actually or some sort of some sort of urbanism i'm not sure what it was i didn't hear but some people can turn it off when they're reading copy so i don't know i you are a voice talent right Yes, I am, among other things, okay. yes. Also a composer okay. like you. Yeah. Right, so you're a dabbler as well. So I'm assuming that, listen, I am also from New York. I'm a Jackson Heights girl. So I oh, worked wow. really hard. 
What? I said, oh, wow, I wouldn't have known oh, that. Oh, wow, yeah, Jackson Heights. <laughs> so it is, of course, I left there when I was 17, but I also lived in Manhattan mm-hmm. for four years, and I worked hard to get, to get, I won't say get rid of, I worked hard to get control of my accent yeah. so that yeah. when I'm on the radio, nobody knows I'm from New York. But if you hear me talking to one of my brothers, it might pop out. So you're talking to me right now. You're not aware of it. I hear a little bit of New York, but it's not like these dims and those. You're not not a grading New York. But I would hope, if I were your voiceover coach, that when given a piece of copy, you could control that accent and not uh, for the sake of reading that copy. We don't ask people to change who they are just to be able to manage what comes out of their mouth. So uh, yeah, so that's it about accent. There's a. <laughs> I can play a New Yorker, no problem. I did a whole audio book where I played a New York character, and that was that was easy. It just take that little bit of energy. But when I'm doing a generic, neutral American accent, I have to. Uh, I say orange, but most of the country says orange, and I have to be orange. aware of that. Orange with an O R. Orange. Okay, orange. I learned something new. We say, yeah, we say orange, but down in down in <laughs> Florida, orange. not Florida, down in Florida, yeah. they say orange. So you have to be aware of things like that. So um, did I answer? So I would not make my own demo. It, again, it's like that hand-painted sign in front of your store that you're opening up on Main Street. It's This is not a budget business. There's a reason we charge what we charge because we spent money on our education and on our equipment and on continuing education. And I spent four years in college studying acting. There's a reason I'm good at what I do, but I'm not so good that I can't keep learning, and I keep learning all the time. So my equipment started out small, but as uh, every year I put aside money and I got, got speakers or I got that lovely, the booth that you, that you spoke about, you know, my, my vocal booth on tracks, which I love. And I'm saving up for another booth because I would like to have, I have, that booth is fine. I'm in a very quiet neighborhood and it has terrific sound, but I do have an issue when it's leaf blowing season. And so I'm saving up for a booth with thicker walls and, but that's how you build a business. People just don't want to see this as a business, but it is. It's a business. Acting is a business. But so why it's so much why fun. This is a good question. This is a good question. Why don't okay. people want to see this as a business? Why? Because we make it why? look easy. You know, all of those, quote, glamour fields, they're all a lot more work than anyone thinks. Our jo- like Fred Astaire made dancing look easy. Nobody saw the hours and hours and hours he spent rehearsing those routines. Right. Of course it's a business. The We all say the easy part of this is going in the booth and recording. The hard part is sitting down and doing your invoicing and your billing and your marketing. And you know the business part, none of us really want to do it. We all wish for an agent that would, you know, just like Chris, we all, we all wish for an agent that would just <laughs> represent us and send us to Mexico to record something. But... But the fact of the matter is, what's amazing about it is that we yeah. it's the one area of show business where you, if you're good, you can create your own work, work from home. Like I love to do a play, and I love to go on set and do a day on a movie. I love that. I love to be around other actors. 
but there are many days when you don't get selected. And But with voiceover, especially now because I'm doing audiobooks as well, so I've always got a project going on, I have some control. I can sit down and I can contact three potential new clients and send them an email feeling out if they need any voice talent. I can do something about it. I don't have to sit and wait for the phone to ring. And that's what I love about it. And then when you get a job and you get to sink your teeth into that script, that's the payoff. That's the fun part. But that's what most people see. So they think it's easy. We get a script and we read it and they send us hundreds of dollars. But all the work all the backstage work no one ever sees on stage. And so people are surprised that it is a business. There's a myth going around, and that's one of the reasons that WOVO, World Voices, is so important. We don't want anybody to think all you need is a USB microphone and a walk-in closet, and you're going to make a million dollars next month. You have to get good at this, and then you have to work to get noticed and then you will get paid. You have to be a good business person and a good actor. And the acting part is so much fun. I love this business. I love the people in it. I love learning about it. I love getting better at it. I love opening up a new script and figuring out what I'm going to do with it. It's creative. It's wonderful. And the business part of it is what makes it possible for me to get paid to do that. So that's my spiel. And that's why it is a business. As far as getting noticed, how can people do that online, Randy? What's a good what are some tips you have for that? Would you say connect with people on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter? What are some ways? Or just go to companies yep. individually? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yes, there yes, you, right? yes, and yes. You know, it, it a mar- you have to have a marketing plan. I'm a very right brain person. I'm very scattered. Um, I, if you give me a deadline, I get it done. But I'm not one of these, um, org- I could never be an accountant, let's put it that way. So when I say a business plan, I'll be honest with you, it's been in my head. My business plan is in my head most of the time. I am working hard on actually getting a business plan on paper because I'm convinced that it would be helpful. However, I've done pretty well so far flying by the seat of my pants, but I'm not unrealistic. And so I would say my marketing plan, even if it's just unofficial, is all of the above. And if something doesn't pay off, I drop it. So I don't spend much time on Facebook for business anymore. I didn't. I do have a Facebook page. I have 500 likes on Randy KVO. And if you go to Randy KVO on my Facebook page, you will see some stuff. I write the blog. I have my demos on there. These are things I do so I can be found. If somebody is searching for a female American voiceover talent, then I'm going to show up on those search engines because I am online. I do have a website. I do have a LinkedIn is my favorite of the social media because you can put your demos on your LinkedIn profile. And it's there if people should want to look for it. If you go to my LinkedIn profile, I think it looks really good. My credits are there. The demos are there. You can see what I've done. I have a YouTube channel. As you know, people can go on YouTube and see my work. So I've created that. But I can't say, and I'm on Twitter, and I I tweeted about this podcast and so on. But none of those things alone counts as a business plan. I can be found, but that's less than half of the picture. The rest of it is that I build relationships with my clients. And 
if I'm losing some of my clients, look, people leave the business, people die, people decide to do something else and go back to medical school. And so I try to refill the coffers, if you will. And I'm always researching potential new clients. And they say that you need a sales at that point. You need a system. Am I going to research mm-hmm. one potential new client today? How am I going to reach out for them? I always thank my clients when they send me a check. Mm-hmm. I look for every opportunity to uh, to introduce myself to new clients. I love to network with other voiceover talents, and occasionally we hire each other, but you can't expect another voice talent to hire you. You mm-hmm. need to do the work that most people don't want to do is mm-hmm. research potential clients, Reach out to them once your product is good. Let them contact you and give you a chance to audition for them. And if they're not interested, they're not interested. There's a million clients out there. Just move on. Keep in touch with your regular clients. But most important, when you get a gig, nail it so they want to hire you again. I mean, I'm in the middle of a of a job right now just to give you – this is uh, – I worked for a company two years ago and – I've kept in touch, just, you know, Christmas cards, something. I don't bug people. I don't send newsletters anymore. I just think, I think people are inundated with that. It was fun for a while. I don't do that. That's hmm. my thing. I don't, like to, I don't like to fill people's email boxes with things they don't want to read. So I'll just occasionally hmm. reach out in another way, for in, in a specific way. So, for instance, I, I got a job offer an audition offer in the mail, and he said, so-and-so recommended me. So I shot a quick email to so-and-so saying, hey, thanks for the referral. I really appreciate it. Just quick, short, sweet, in and out, so they remember who I am. And then this job, we're going back and forth with test reads and so on, and it's been a little harder than I thought. I thought mm-hmm. I had the job, and now the test reads, and I said, but you know what? I, I take the high road. I'm just like, you know, thank you so much, and he's thanking me for my professionalism and being willing to do test reads, and it's a business transaction. So I try to be nice. That boils down to that. I try to be nice. I keep in touch. If there's a reason, I don't bug people, and I thank people for referrals, and I thank them for their business, and so far, so good, and then do an awesome job. So are the the test reads auditions, Randy? In this case, it was not. This happens to be a project that's a corporate project, but it's... okay. It's an animated project, so they need me to do the voice of three characters as well as the narrator. And wow. I dabble in the animation world. I'm not, that's not my main thing, but I do love to do it. I've read children's books and I've done video games and so on. So, uh, you know, they sent me pictures of the three characters and I sent them, and they gave me some direction and I sent them ideas for these three characters' voices. And they wrote back and said, you know, they definitely want you, they want to use you, but these sound too kid-like and you make them sound more teenage-like. And then they sent me a link to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I watched that and I sent them a second read and they like that. So they're using me, but I always, a lot of times you're not in person in the studio anymore with the director collaborating with you. So a lot of this collaboration happens before the job by email. If this had been a live a live session, this all would have happened within the hour. They would have said, oh, try a different voice, try a different voice. But now it's all stretched out. It has to be done by email. So I send them a test read. They're like, oh, we like this one. Can you change this voice a little bit? I sent them another test read. So we're just trying out different things so that they feel 
happy with the tones and voices I've chosen so that when I record the job, they've already kind of pre-approved the tone. And that's what happens mm-hmm. when the client isn't there in real time with you anymore. Hmm. So do, do you ever do phone patch or ISDN? Sure. That To me, that's like a real session, except I don't can't see them. So I do ISDN or I do IPDTL. Uh, Source Connect now I haven't used yet because most people are happy with the other two, uh, or I do phone patch. And I love that because then they are right there and they can hear you record and they can direct you on the spot and make you better. So uh, there's a lot of ways that I can record for a client. And, uh, you know, in any country, if if they're in Norway, I have to say, okay, it's 1 o'clock my time. What time is it your time? And I have to look it up. And, you know, so it's a... (laughs) I love when the client's there in real time because then it's a partnership. It's a collaboration. You know they like what you've recorded and you just send it to them. If they're not going to be there in real time, then I might send them a test read just to make sure this is the overall tone they want so that they've had some input and then I don't have to redo the whole job. That's the whole point of these test reads with this job. So are more clients... Uh, app to hire voice talent who has this type of a setup with ISDN phone patch or the other things you mentioned depends on how they like to work uh, you know some of my clients never they just trust me to read it and send it other clients yeah. like to be on the line directing you as you go so you have to find a way to make that happen it's easier and easier these days um, you know and a phone patch can be a fancy phone patch or it can be they listen in on the session if you're recording yourself and you've you know I don't work with headphones at home so I can put a headset on or I can I can Skype with them that's like I'm Skyping with you right now but I'm doing it through my mixer so the sound is pretty good so I can Skype with them but I'm recording myself there's a lot of ways to do it and this is why I say you know you oh, I think I lost you no, I'm I'm here. Are you there? <laughs> yeah, I just got a funny Hello? Skype sound. Hello, can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you loud and clear, Randy. Good. I don't know what that was. I that can was hear a, you. that was a Skype sigh making me the wonder Skype, if I the, ran out of money. <laughs> a Skype sigh. Anyway, well we'll see. I don't know what that was. It went, Ah, did you hear that noise or no? I I, I didn't. Oh, I heard. Yeah, I heard. The, I heard the Skype funny. The Skype sigh. I call it. Anyway, okay. So, yeah, there's you know there's there's so much to learn, and that's why if somebody I don't know who's listening to this podcast, and I know there are people out there like Chris who, you know, have have dabbled in this industry and worked in radio and want to get back into it. But I'm telling you, you have to research it. You have to immerse yourself in this industry. Read the blog posts. There are some excellent books out there. One of my favorite is uh, There's Money Where Your Mouth Is by Elaine Clark. She explains the business and she explains some of the performance skills. Edge Studios Introductory Class, uh, we call it Investigate VoiceOver, explains a great deal of this in four hours and you can take it online and then get an evaluation at the end of it and tell you what you need to do. There are other demo coaches out there. I will just say that if you're going to get somebody to produce a demo for you, make sure that that training includes an idea of what you're going to do with this demo when it's done. If somebody just Mm -hmm. hands you some scripts and says, I think you'll sound good on these, and then records you and puts some music underneath, you haven't learned anything. 
you haven't learned what you're good at. You haven't learned how you can find your own clients. So it needs to be a thorough education, whoever you use, that, that runs the train on all those tracks, performance, recording skills, business, and marketing. It's hmm. essential. You have think of it as a college. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't become a dentist and say, oh, "I'm just going to skip college. I just want to fill teeth. I'll just learn how to fill teeth." Like you have, you know, you have to get a well-rounded education. So, otherwise, you're going to wind up with a demo. It'll sit on your shelf, and you won't know what to do with it, and you will have wasted money. But if you've spent money on an education about voiceover, that will teach you or tell you what to do to teach yourself to know what to do with that demo once it's done, then you've gotten yourself a business start. That's very, very helpful, Randy. So Edge Studio uh, gives you all of that, that well-rounded type of demo and advice and training. I think so. I mean, I wouldn't work for them if I weren't proud to work for them. And I'm not saying they're yeah. the only game in town. They they are based in New York, but they do have a uh, presence in Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles. But they also do a lot of work virtually, a lot of webinars. And you can, you can try one webinar a la carte if you like. If you go on their website, they'll explain everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they have they also have great services and resources for professionals who want to learn. And they and if you go there, you work with many different coaches, which gives you an idea of what it's like to work with many different clients. So, you know, I'm a fan. Obviously, I work for them, so I'm a fan. And there are other good places. But I would just I would caution anyone to steer clear of anybody that makes you false promises. All you need is this. It won't cost you anything. We'll just make a it's demo easy. and you'll make a million dollars. You know, if it's it seems easy. too easy, it probably is. Yeah. How about I, since we don't have any other callers right now, how about I okay. read something for you and you can coach me? Are you are sure. you ready for that? Okay, I'm just looking. Sure. <laughs> All right. Okay. I will try the crystal light tea. All right. Let me Let me find that script myself. Okay, it's at the very bottom of the list for your scripts there. Okay. All right, now have okay. you pre-read this? I'm I'm just looking at it right now. All right, take a minute. Take a minute. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Don't start until right. you feel ready. So. Take a All right. Breathing. I'm breathing. <laughs> okay. Thinking about what you said about having a reason to read this and communicating while doing so. Okay. So first I would have to think about who I'm talking to. Is that right? Well, I'll tell you what. Don't tell me your process. Don't tell me All your right, process. I won't t- let's pretend, hey, let's pretend you're tell, auditioning. Don't tell, don't tell me your just, process, okay? <laughs> for, na- for now, just, just okay. read it right. for me. Okay. Read it for me. Let's say you got this in the mail and yeah. the client wants you to to send it to them. So I want to hear how okay. you would record it at home. And so if you, if there's one sentence you read and you don't like it, you're you're allowed to go back and read that sentence again because you're just going to cut it out in the edit, right? Okay. But just give it so a shot. So you think you got to go to the gym so so you think you got to go to the gym to keep in shape? Treat yourself right with new crystal light teas. 
Our new raspberry tea is icy crisp and the taste of sun ripened with the taste of sun ripened raspberries. But only five little calories. So whatever you do is what so whatever you do to keep in shape, keep doing it. New crystal light fruit tea. Treat yourself right. Okay, good. We have a little interference. I don't know what's happening here, but um Okay, you know, for a first read, I th- I thought that was very nice. It was very approachable. You sounded really friendly. You sounded like you, which I which I liked. Um, for this second read, and also you kept the pace up, which is great. For the second read, I'd like you to think of a couple of things. First of all, can you bring the listener? a little bit closer to you. It was a little bit theatrical. It was okay. Like okay. Icy crisp, you know, with the taste of sunrise. Been right. It was almost a little too big, <laughs> like you were on stage. So, okay. okay. But what I like about that is you made acting choices and you went with it. So that's terrific. And And you did get into it. You did communicate. There was a lot of good things about it. I would work on my tension level, when you make a mistake, just take another breath and go back to the beginning of the sentence. If you're recording at home or if you're auditioning for a casting director and you sort of stumble and correct yourself in the middle of a sentence, that's not professional because it makes it impossible for them to get a clean take and it makes it impossible for you to get a clean take when you're editing at home. So what I heard you do was, so you think you've got to go to the go to the gym to keep it safe. Right, right. And and that doesn't give anybody a clean break. So you have to literally just re reset and back to one, as they say on a movie set. So if you made that error, it would be so you think you gotta go to the So you think you gotta go to the gym to keep in shape. So you just have to go back. So if you if you make an error, no big deal, everybody makes errors, but go back to an edit point. That will make it easier for the casting director if they're recording you while you audition. And if you are your own engineer, it makes it easier for you to do it. Very good. Good. Very good. Very good. Okay, so that's one thing. Um, another thing I would encourage you to do with this second swipe is notice a few things about the copy. You give a, you give a really good first read, but now let's go back. It's kind of like if you've ever done a play or you've done a sitcom, the first thing you do is you do a table read and you read the whole thing so you get the whole story. So that's essentially what you do, what you just did. Then the next thing you do is you go back and you pick it apart so that you have to see the reason for each individual piece. So, for instance, if you see a question and an answer, or let's say a problem and a solution, and this is kind of tricky copy but mm-hmm. so you think you got to go to the gym to keep in shape how do you feel about that do you think going to the gym is a terrible thing like what do you imagine the copywriter is thinking <laughs> when when they're asking this question oh, do you want me to answer get... do you want me to answer that question yeah just yeah <laughs> What do you think? Do you think you think going to the gym is a fun thing or is a miserable thing? In this case, it's not so much fun. Or Good. it's work. Okay. It's wor- it's like, well, here's something else you can do 
so that you maybe don't have to go to the gym as much to keep in shape. Beautiful. Of course, it's, you know, crystal light isn't going to give you exercise. Come on, let's get real here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Who are we kidding? Now, Who, okay, that's another ad altogether. That's, that's the ad wait, for the right. gym. That's, that's the ad for the gym. So we're not on that one. Right. And here's one thing that I will interject here. Now, you and I both know mm-hmm. that drinking a diet, let's just let's step outside of the commercial for a minute. Yeah. If I were watching this commercial, I would think it's BS because <laughs> diet drinks don't replace going to the gym. Okay. Like we know exactly. that. How, however, we have to suspend that judgment and play a character okay. in this commercial who really does believe this, who really says, huh, you think you have to go to the gym? You don't. All you have to do is drink this diet drink. And honestly, you don't have to work so hard. You know, so it's kind of like you have to really believe it yourself that crystal light tea is going to make, you won't have to go to the gym as much. And it has to be true for you, the character that's playing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, when you very often they get your attention at the beginning with a problem solution. So that's really what this is. All right. So you think mm-hmm. you go to the gym before saying, well, no, you don't have to treat yourself right. And then in between that, the listener always has a question. Well, how? And then you're going to explain it. So that first thing is called a setup. And then it mentions the name of the product. And then it talks about benefits of the product. And if you see a word like, but, you see that word, mm-hmm. but only five little calories. Uh, That's what yes, I call a I contrast. Do. Yep. So when you call see it? a but, uh, a contrast. Okay. It's a contrast word. So if there's a mm-hmm. but, you've got one idea versus another, and that idea is, it's so good, but mm-hmm. it has hardly any calories. So you have it. it it's one thing to have an overall tone of friendliness and helping the listener, but it's another thing to have to see the contrast and the separate reasons that each phrase is there. Mm-hmm. So it's so good, but you know what? You're not going to have to work out to work this off because it's only five calories, right? right? And then when you get, so that's the moral of the story. And have a little sense of humor in whatever you do to keep in shape. And I don't know, maybe there's a picture of the gym or maybe there's somebody walking their dog or I don't know what it is. You're saying, yeah, keep going to the gym. Whatever you do to keep in shape, whether you go to the gym or just drink diet drinks, keep doing it because you're awesome. And then the tagline, new crystallite fruit teas. And you're repeating something you said, treat yourself right. So just know that. This is what I do. You'd have to kind of pick it apart and see the different reasons why you say something. So I'm going to ask you to do it again. Bring it down a notch. Don't push the emotions so much. Just believe them and let them kind of flow out of your mouth. And when you get okay. to the last treat yourself right, I want you to give me three in a row. That's, you know, or what they call an ABC. Just give me treat yourself right three different ways. All right, give it another shot. And I'll relax and use lots of body and face language. Body and face. So you think you've got to go to the gym to keep in shape? Treat yourself right with new crystal light teas. Our new raspberry tea is icy crisp with the taste of sun-ripened raspberries but only five little calories. So whatever you do to keep in shape, keep doing it. New crystal light fruit teas. Treat yourself right. Treat yourself right. Treat yourself right. 
Okay, good, good. You did a lot of the things I asked you to do, which is terrific. Um, so now I need you to have a little more of a POV or point of view. Okay. So what actors have is subtext, and this, right. those were the acting choices. So just for instance, read the first line as if you think going to the gym is the worst torture ever. Just read it. <laughs> All right. And maybe it's right true. Now. I don't know. But okay. your character thinks, so let's just try that acting choice. You think going to the gym is torture. So you think you got to go to the gym to keep in shape? There you go. Now you read it with a point of view. Let's try a different point of view. Um, let's say read it with, this is not appropriate for the commercial, but read it with, um, like anger, like you're correcting someone. So you and think you got to go to the gym? I'm sorry. I just no, that's good. Do it. Do it. Go yeah. for it. So you think you got to go to the gym to keep in shape? Beautiful. That's another clear acting choice. Now read it. I'm, with from, no, I'm, I'm from New York, Randy. I know how to do that one. <laughs> now let's read it with sympathy, empathy. Oh, so you think you got to go to the gym to keep in shape? No, that's not right. That's not right. That's, let me try again. Sympathy, empathy. <laughs> Warm. Okay. Warm. And, you know, it, and do you know what a okay. vocal lead-in is? Vocal lead-in or a, a ramp-up? Have you heard that term? So you say something before you say the line. Say something before. So try like, oh, okay. poor baby. And I'm then really sorry. You, I am really sorry you broke your leg. So you think you got to go to the gym to keep in shape? Hmm. Uh, okay. You know, I am so uh, I am sorry. You're so tired. So do you you think you got to go to the gym to keep in shape? Okay. I I feel like that's not working for you because you're not really believing it. <laughs> you're just you're just adding words. You know what I mean? So, you know, there are coaches that like a whole they do a whole scene beforehand. That doesn't work for me. I just have like a catchphrase. So just try this sound like ah, and then read it. Oh, so you think you got to go to the gym to keep in shape. Okay, interesting. So the thing with the lead-ins is you have to believe them and you have to stay in the mood that they put you in. So for me, it's like, oh, poor baby. Oh, so you think you got to go to the gym to keep in shape? Like you have to let – it has to be a lead-in that's something you would say. Uh-huh. And and then let yourself Stay in the mood that that lead-in puts you to. Like when I need to sound authoritative, I might say, "Here are the facts." Blah 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 blah. But you have to you have to stay there. You can't mm-hmm. fake your way emotionally through the lead-in, which is what I feel like you did before. You went, "Oh, I I'm sorry, you prob- broke your yeah. leg." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm not going to even look at the script because I think looking at the script is a problem because I'm thinking you too have much to about it. it. I have to look at it. Uh, are you going to memorize every script you're given as a voice talent? Oh, I guess not. <laughs> then you start worrying. But what you can do is glance up. Like you can okay. kind of memorize one thing. So let's just try mm-hmm. this. Uh, give me some New York sarcasm on the first line. And then when you get to treat yourself right, let's have, let's have some empathy on that. Okay? And then, like, really believe it. And here's what I'm going to do for you. I am All going right. to play the. I'm going to play the part of your listener. Uh-huh. All right. I'm going to be the yeah. other person in the scene. Every single script is really a conversation with your listener. So I do want you to look at the script, but in between sentences, 
mm-hmm. let me just respond to you, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to start, okay. and you're playing, you're playing a scene with me, okay? It's like All a musical right. duet, all right? Okay. You're playing a scene with me. I'm going to be um, your friend, and I'm going to say mm-hmm. the first line, and your first line is going like, oh, so you think you've got to go to the gym. All right, so however that comes mm-hmm. out, reacting to me. Make sense? Mm-hmm. I am all ready. Right. All right, so here you go. Oh, Lisa, I am so sore. I can't lose any weight, and I oh, just have to go to the gym again today. Oh, you think you have to go to the gym to keep in shape? Yeah. Treat yourself right. Okay, how? <laughs> With new crystal light teas. Really? What? Yeah. New, new raspberry tea is ice, icy crisp. That's a tough one. Now, see, now you now you've stopped talking to me. Now you have to really. Um, whoops. But do you see what happened at the beginning? You were responding to me. I was. Yes. At the beginning, and it came out much more natural. Hmm. And then, and then you started reading again. But if you were really trying to convince me, you go, "Oh well, our raspberry iced tea is icy crisp with the taste of sunrise and raspberries." but only five little calories. Like you really have to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. And you would, actually your first read you were doing it, it was just a little big. So I probably made you crazy <laughs> with all the coaching. But you no. know, that's the kind of thing. Another exercise you can do, and we're, we're running short on time, but try reading it. Oh, I'll tell you what, do it this way. You can keep the script in front of you or not, but try to tell me, tell me in your own words. Add as many words as you want. Just get the point across that it's crystal light. Try saying this copy in your own words, either looking at it or not looking at it. So do you really think you have to go to the gym to keep in shape? Listen, you should just treat yourself right. Do these really amazing teas, crystal light, and they're only five little calories. And, you know, when you have the five little calories, you don't have to worry so much. So come on, give yourself a break and stop torturing yourself in the gym, at least for just right now. Just treat yourself right. Just have a crystallite tea. Everything's going to be good. And you are going to love this tea. It is just, you know what's amazing about it is that it tastes like it is more than five calories. It's what, you know, I'm just going to have some right now over here. It just really tastes like more than, hold on, I'm going to have some. Okay, good. So that was really wonderful. And the only times it wasn't wonderful is when you were fumbling and you felt like you had to keep talking and then you were making up stuff. But overall, that was great. So now read the copy. <laughs> Just stay in that place. Be my friend telling okay. me that stuff, but read the words the copywriter wrote. So and you, you can add you like that. Oh, 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 I can add? I can. So you think you got to go to the gym to... <laughs> what? <laughs> you, can, you can add. You can't always do it, but we'll let you do it now. Okay, so go ahead. Oh, okay. So you think you got to go to the gym to keep in shape? Treat yourself right. With new crystal light teas, the new raspberry tea is icy crisp. With the taste of sun-ripened raspberries. It's only five calories. Whatever you do to keep in shape, keep doing it. New crystal light fruit teas. Treat yourself right. Okay, good, good. So, you know, these are just little exercises that you can do. And I also want you to listen to commercials that you feel are just really believable. And ask yourself what she's doing. You know, actually, they do less. Like one of my favorite taglines is just, you know, kids. They feel good. 
And it's almost like doing nothing. So try mm-hmm. this try this commercial really big and then try it really small. I'll give you an example. So really big is like this. So you think you've got to go to the gym to keep in shape. Treat yourself right with new Crystallite teas. Our new raspberry tea is icy crisp with the taste of sun-ripened tomatoes. <laughs> Raspberries, whatever. Okay. So that's a, that's a big read inappropriate. Okay. So then like way down, less than you have to might be like this. So... You think you've got to go to the gym to keep in shape. Well, treat yourself right with new crystallite teas. Our new raspberry tea is icy crisp with the taste of sun-ripened raspberries, but only five little calories. So whatever you do to keep in shape, keep doing it. And that, you know, that's smaller, that's less. It's leaning into the microphone. Pretend the listener is right there with you. And I'm not saying that was a terrific read, but if you deliberately do it big and then deliberately do it small, you might find a middle ground. But the best, the best part of the read you gave me was then you, when you really had a reason, an emotional reason to say a sentence, when you gave me those three in a row of you think you've got to go to the gym to keep in shape. So, I, you know, you want to read the copy, figure out why they wrote it this way and what your point of view might be for each particular sentence and what you want the listener to experience from it. And those are the things that help. Yeah, and when you have a long sentence, See, I think our new raspberry tea is icy crisp with the taste of sun-ripened raspberries. That's a lot of words in there. Yeah, but if you were saying it, you would pause here and there. I mean, there are comments there, which you may or may not. And and that's the thing. And I hear you getting a little worried that there are so many words. (laughs) And I hear it getting a little bit choppy. You know, that's what's happening. So, like... New crystallite teas, that has to be smooth, and I, I usually usually take my hand and just do a rainbow gesture. Try it. Just, you know, do a rainbow gesture across new, the sky with your hand. Go ahead. New, new crystallite teas. New crystallite teas. There you go. I did That's the rainbow smoother. gesture. Yep, and I heard it. And I heard it. Now bring your volume down a little bit. Don't make it so loud and just a little, add a little smile with new crystallite teas. With, should I be doing the rainbow gesture at the same Absolutely. time? Absolutely. Smooth it out. Yeah. Chris, with, oh <laughs> Relax. Take a breath. With, take a breath. You're I'm making rela- yourself tense. <sighs> with new crystallite teas. With new crystallite teas. So the first time was better. Um, you want to smooth things out. And what I sometimes do is draw curved lines over phrases so that I don't see a sea mm. of words. I see a collection of ideas. Mm. Icy crisp is one. You wouldn't separate those. Our new raspberry tea is icy crisp with the taste of and sun-ripened raspberries. That's another. There would be a curved line over that, like a phrase mark in music. It's sun-ripened raspberry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's raspberry teas. So if you look at those words that form phrases, it will seem less daunting. And also Mm. five little calories. And you can add a little, you know, what what really makes these these types of girlfriend commercials work is a little wink-wink here and there. So, you know. Right, right. You know, it's like, so girlfriend, whatever you do to keep in shape, keep doing it. You got to kind of bring it down, make it real, add a little attitude that's appropriate to the copy, and pepper it with different reasons to say each thing. And we're over two hours, so that's the best coaching I can give you. I hope that was helpful. 
I really appreciate it, and I also hope it was helpful to our listeners. This whole thing about believability, being in, you know, it's like having a reason to say what you're going to say. So you really have to break down the script. You have to think about a lot of things. So when it comes across as easy, there's a lot that goes behind that delivery. I think that's also a lot of work. Right. There's a lot of work to make something look easy. Think about Fred Astaire. Think about any dancer you see. There's a lot of work to make something seem easy and it feels like you're doing nothing. And, you know, I just will say this last thing. When we speak in real life, there's always a reason we say everything. And our tone changes all the time. So if I say to my daughter when she was a teenager, oh, honey, those shoes are so cute. But nope, we can't afford them. So my tone changed in the middle of the sentence. Or that mm-hmm. skirt is adorable, but you're not leaving the house wearing it. So I didn't keep the same <laughs> tone throughout, right? I had to change my tone in the middle. And if someone comes to my house and they go, oh, welcome. Oh, my God, you didn't get stuck in that accident. Oh, good. I was so worried. Come on in. Oh, put your coats over here. Oh, wait till you see the kitchen. I just changed tone five times because there was a different reason to say every phrase. And it happens all the time in real life. But when we get copy in front of us that somebody else wrote, then we forget to change our reason for speaking, and every phrase has its own reason. And if we can't use our imagination and just let it click in, we have to find it. What, what, my last question, because I've got eight minutes on the clock here, if you're still available oh, okay. to answer another question. Yes, How do you oh, deal I see. With, I'm looking at it. Go ahead. It's Go ahead. okay. It's okay. How do you deal with nerves, Randy, when you're in a, a, a live audition scenario? I do two things. First of all, I don't expect myself to not be nervous. I Everybody who cares gets nervous. Every theater show I've ever done, I'm always nervous in the wings. And there's always a moment where I go, I don't really want to be here. I'm going home. You know, so there's, you know, <laughs> nerves, nerves means you care. And so mm-hmm. the trick is not to get rid of your nervousness or try not to be nervous. That's like, because your mind doesn't know the word not. If you mm. say, I, I won't eat the brownie, all your mind sees is brownie. So you have to say, I'm going to have fruit when I come home, and then your mind will see fruit. So don't say, don't be nervous. Mm. That doesn't work. But you can, pardon me, you, you can note that you have nervous energy, and you can channel it into caring. Like, oh, good, mm. I have energy, so I'm going to have fun. And I try to see every audition as an opportunity to to do what I do. And it, I decide I'm going to have a good time no matter what. If they pick me, they pick me. If they don't, I move on to the next thing because, it, you know, my life doesn't ride on it. I try to have a good time and give them a good time. And I try to be good and have fun and enjoy the acting. And I try not to worry about whether I get it or not because you win some, you lose some. So I channel the nervous energy into good energy. And I just say, great, this gives me the energy to just bound in the room. And I, and I make some choices so I feel prepared. And I go in and do it. And bottom line, you know, carry a Q-tip in your purse and look at it to remind yourself to quit taking it personally. Mm, good one. Quit taking it personally. I Again, I stole that because I dabble and I listen to a lot of people. It's, I heard from a speaker years ago, but I like that. Quit take, you know, you, you may not get it, but if you don't get it, uh, unless 
you're never, ever, ever landing anything. And the only way to get feedback on your reads is to get a coach, to get in a copy reading group, to really get, like you've gotten some feedback from me tonight. Your first read was good, but if it were New York, you wouldn't have gotten cast because you weren't believable. And I tried to work on getting you believable and you got there in pieces, but not for the whole thing yet. So that's yeah. why you keep studying to get to get better. I just signed up for a webinar. I paid it, uh, eight auditioning secrets. It's $59 on stage 32. And I said, well, maybe I'll learn one good thing. That's worth 59 bucks right there because I like to keep learning. So let that nervous energy, if you need to get better, get better. Once you're better, just have a good time at the audition. And don't let your sense of worth as a human being ride on whether or not you got that job. They want love you that. to be good. Yeah, you know, that's what the is, main yeah. thing I learned. They want you to be good because they don't want to. They don't want to hear anybody else. They want to hire somebody good, so they want you to be awesome. They're not against you; they're with you. So have a good time. Enjoy acting. I like that. I like that. What we got? We have four minutes left, ish. Okay. What causes what causes nervousness? It's a release of a lot of different hormones when your body is sensing danger. Essentially, mm-hmm. I believe that's what it is. There's, it goes back to, you know, well, you know, don't get me started on neuroscience because that's my hobby. But, um, you know, <laughs> our brain has several layers and deep inside the brain is the more primitive brain, which is just want food, must have food, must survive, you know, and that's the part of us that that is afraid, that has fight or flight or freeze in it. It's where an adrenaline pumps in. It's the hormones that come from there. So it's it's our logic, it's the outer core of our brain, the logic centers that can talk us out of some of those. And again, I'll, you're going to want a brownie after this call, but, you know, the... <laughs> the amygdala is part of that that central part of the brain that that smells chocolate and says want that must have must have that now and <laughs> then if you you know if you don't want to spend the calories and you want to have crystal light tea instead your frontal cortex is going to go wait a minute you want it i know you want it but you know you're going to feel bad if you have it or let's walk away for 5 minutes and if you still want it and you know that's logic your frontal cortex right. that's what humans have we can talk ourselves out of those things but if you go ahead and grab that brownie anyway, Daniel Gold calls that an amygdala hijack. It just hijacks, mm. you know, even though your logic says, no, 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 your amygdala says, yes, 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 and you get it. So that's where nerves come from. It, it comes from that primitive fight or flight or freeze. And it's up to our mature self or really the adult within us, not the parent within us, but the adult to say, yep, you're nervous. It's natural to be nervous. It's okay. Let's see what we can do with that energy. Mm. And realize that it's normal, it's human, but what we can choose with our more advanced brain is what we're going to do with that energy. Mm. And mm-hmm. also, you know, in a very primitive way, it's just breathing. Take three deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And I just say to myself, you know, I, I say to myself, you've got this. Have a good time. Gonna, mm-hmm. you know, have a good time. Enjoy it. You've got this. And and practice a lot. You know, the more you audition, the less nervous you'll be with each one that you do. Very good. Very good advice, Randy. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So, yeah, l- listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Randy Kay, 
Visit her website at randyk.com, R-A-N-D-Y-E-K-A-Y-E.com. And Randy, is there any other place people can find you? Oh, if you Google me, I'm kind of everywhere. I mean, I have uh, 25 titles on Audible, so you can hear some of my audiobook work there. The website has, uh, if you want just my voiceover work, you can put a VO in front of that. So it's vo.randyk.com. But if you go to my homepage and click voiceover, you'll get there as well. I have a LinkedIn profile. Feel free to connect with me. If you want to send me a message saying, I heard your podcast and I'd like to connect, you can like my page on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Randy KVO, and uh, also my my book is available on Amazon. So if you Google me, you'll just Google me. You'll find pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> my life is an open book. So it's R A N D Y E, and the last name is K A Y E. And Edge Studio is Edge. Studio.com, E-D-G-E studio.com and they are awesome. And uh, what else did I talk about? World Voices or WOVO, W-O-V-O, but just world-voices.org and uh, check out the membership. And you are you are awesome, Randy. Thank you so much. It's I really been a appreciate pleasure. it. It has been such a pleasure and I shall be back in touch with you. Take All right, care. great, Lisa. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. Bye. Bye-bye. Talk Box Radio. Talk Box Radio.